0: But for the most part, you know, it's just a conversation between you and myself. lovely. And we're talking about all the cool things that are happening in the valley. Okay. One thing in particular.
1: It's so exciting. Tell me about it. (laughs) Well, you know a lot about it since you're a board member. I
0: know, but pretend that I know (laughs) nothing about it.
1: Okay. Well, so my husband and I moved to the Bitterroot about two years ago but really the story goes back even before then um, we were originally from southern Utah St George Utah mm-hmm. and we both just were kind of over being in the desert it was just pastime and a little hot down there it's really hot yeah yeah so my husband's basically his religion is fly fishing and has been since he was a really young kid. Oh, right on. And his dad used to bring him up here to go fishing and he told himself back when he was like a twelve year old boy that someday he was gonna live up here. And I grew up in northern Utah, which looks a lot more like, you know, Rivali County, big sure. mountains yeah. and rivers and trees. And then I found myself down in southern Utah for about twenty, twenty-five years. And that's a really long time when you're not a desert person. That so, is, yeah. yeah. So, e- anyway, long story short, we started to go different places on our vacations trying to figure out where our next home was going to be. And we wandered through Hamilton on Apple Days, actually, <laughs> about five years ago. Right on. And it's kind of like you're uh, in the picture postcard. You know, sort of hallmark movie sort of setting, and we just both fell in love with it. And the only thing that I could think of was, how are we going to get here? Because that was kind of, you know, real estate was kind of getting crazy. And yeah, anyway. Yeah, two but, years ago. Yeah, that was. Yeah, well, it was, it was more like three or four years ago. But
0: oh, well, you hit it just fine. But, yeah.
1: <laughs> well, so we went over to the chamber and we were talking with Jody Mitchell, and. I was the director of a children's museum down in St. George. Yeah. And the very first thing I asked Jody was what are there what kinds of activities are there for families to do? And she was like, "Well, we have a bounce house and we used to have a movie theater and we don't anymore and, you know, yeah. there there wasn't a whole lot in other words." And I was thinking, well, I know what I would want to do if I ended up living here. Have I got
0: an idea for you?
1: <laughs> yeah. So, and, you know, we had wandered around downtown, and I'd seen some of the beautiful historic buildings. The museum that I was working in at the time was housed in a beautiful historic building, and so it just sort cool. of made sense. Like, Yeah, yeah let's, let's bring a children's museum up here, and, you know, a building like the Firehouse might just be perfect.
0: The firehouse. Anyway. we got our eyes on a couple others. Yeah. 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 All right, so, so...
1: So here we are. <laughs>
0: what, what exactly is a children's museum, then?
1: It's not a museum where you put kids on display. Okay. Ah. <laughs> Thanks for the clarification. <laughs> I mean, you don't have kids. I know that a lot of people, even if they don't have kids, they've heard of a children's museum. Mm-hmm. It's definitely not a new concept. They can be found, actually, throughout the world. There's, you know... Several hundred in the United States, ranging in size from, you know, just small, you know, little rooms that are in a mall kind of setting to giant, huge, you know, multi-story facilities with everything from activities from basically your newborn up to 18 years old, just really, it runs the gamut. Right, okay. So, yeah.
0: Lots of interactive yep. sort they, of things. They can be
1: known as a children's museum, a discovery museum.
0: A children's discovery museum. Children's
1: discovery museum, a STEM mm-hmm. center. Yeah. Right. So, But basically, the, the idea is you're trying to play on the idea of play. So that's how scientifically proven play is how children learn, right? Right. So if you try to have them you know, memorize facts and figures, and, you know, it it definitely doesn't sink in like if it was just to happen organically through them discovering and interacting with their world on their level. Um, It's been found that when kids are allowed to do those kinds of activities where they can, you know, really be hands-on with things in their own environment, those, that's when all of those light bulb moments start to happen. Right, yeah, absolutely. Those connections. So,
0: I know that's definitely the case for me. I was never yeah. the most studious <laughs> individual, but when it came to like interacting with my environment, that's definitely the yeah the types of classes that yeah. I I excelled in.
1: So let me ask you.
0: Yeah. Oh, uh, turning the tables. The yes.
1: In- when you were a little kid, mm-hmm. what are some of the things that you thought, hmm, when I grow up, I want to be a... Uh,
0: An astronaut, a veterinarian, a lawyer, a doctor, a marine biologist, all, like, everything. I don't know. It changed. It changed on a regular basis, but it was also, like, a, it always rotated. I always wanted... I wanted to do them all. Yeah. And it wasn't like, oh, I want to do this now and not that thing. It's, I want to do this thing and this thing. Right. And this thing and this thing, too. It was a little... Well, that's All awesome over the place so i had a i had a bit of um, i guess choice paralysis as you could say so i ended that's up becoming a, a cook
1: Thing, yeah <laughs> <laughs> but that's not a bad thing it sounds like either you know you were exposed to a lot of different things mm-hmm. so that you had things to think about and maybe like explore different career paths and ways of interacting in your environment, possibly. Yeah,
0: there definitely wasn't a, you know, it wasn't you're going to grow up and be right. this thing. Yeah. Um, I was very lucky that my parents let me explore a lot of different mm-hmm. ideas. My, my dad really supported um, my sister and I with with music, and we mm-hmm. always had a variety of musical instruments around, and mm-hmm. he has a, a very eclectic taste in music as well, and yeah. so we were exposed to a lot of different Yeah. Avenues that way, um, yeah. I mean, my my grandfather's a woodworker. My grandmother was in child care. Yeah. Uh, my other grandfather ran um, a Job Corps Center in Oregon for a long time, and then my my other grandmother was a, a substitute teacher. So it was like yeah. So you had there a was lot a lot of variety. Of yeah. Yeah,
1: <laughs> that's awesome. And I think that you are specific. I mean, you're you're extremely lucky that you had that opportunity Mm -hmm. to have all of that um, exposure to different things. I don't know if nowadays kids have that sort of opportunity as frequently.
0: Yeah, I mean, especially at the last couple of years, too. Especially
1: in the last couple of years and especially probably in a rural area like this in the last couple of years where, you know, economically there's a lot of parents that are having to work either longer hours or Mm -hmm. multiple jobs. Um, you know, the school system is getting more and more taxed as far as classroom sizes, you know, teacher resources are
0: yeah.
1: abysmal, you know. we just Oh, I mean, we,
0: it has been even, I remember that yeah. when I was in school too, yeah. you know, that, that sort of thing hasn't changed, yep. unfortunately.
1: And then on top of all of that, you add in the social media and the digital component, Oof, yeah. you know. You put a screen in front of a kid and all of a sudden... That exposure is just whatever's right there in front of them, mm-hmm. and it's definitely not a hands on sort of experience. <laughs> no, it's, it's very, experience yeah, very anymore. passive. And,
0: yeah, oh, I don't have to yep. do anything, I just, yeah, press exactly. a little button. And yeah, it's, I, I definitely consider myself lucky for mm-hmm. growing up in Montana mm-hmm. when I was 16, 17, 18. Mm-hmm. Maybe not. Maybe not so much. <laughs> I didn't consider myself so lucky because yeah. I was like, this place is boring. I mean, I don't get me wrong. Yeah. I enjoyed hiking and being outdoors and all that kind of stuff. But I never, you know, I kind of took it for granted because I yeah. never had the experience of not having it. Right. And so when I moved away, when I was living in, in places like well, in cities, basically, yeah. when I was living in New Orleans or San Antonio or San Francisco, it was just like you're. Mm-hmm. I mean, San Francisco has has that the Golden Gate Park, which is really nice, mm-hmm. but you're still surrounded by a, a huge city. And then when you're working in it, you know, you're yeah. you're just kind of forced into it, and you you have to drive an hour to go hiking somewhere, mm-hmm. and it's not like not like it is here, where it's just you know it's just right there. Like, right, that's true. I can go get lost in the woods. <laughs>
1: Hopefully not lost. For, yes. and, and, you know. It's called forest bathing, Ryan. Forest bathing. Forest. Oh, is this a new thing now? Apparently. All right. So. <laughs> Hashtag forest bathing. Yes. Yeah. Just
0: starting a whole new trend.
1: <laughs> well, I, I have a 17-year-old daughter that can relate very much to, you know, living in a rural area. She did come up with us and tried mm-hmm. coming to school here. And unfortunately, she just missed her friends too much. So she moved back down to southern Utah. But, you know, it, it is somewhat of a cultural desert. Oh, yeah. Unfortunately. And I know that it's getting a lot better.
0: And that's, um, not, that's not to disparage on the area, you know. Oh, just... no.
1: I mean, I wish that I had been able to grow up in an area like this, to be completely honest. Yeah. You know, big cities are great, but you do get away from that, you know, na- natural environment. Mm-hmm. And um, you do have to work a little bit harder to find your tribe if that makes sense. Yeah, it is challenging so,
0: and especially when you're a little bit older. Yeah. Too, like yep. I moved back here 2 years ago and I'm 35 now and yeah. I have you know, I all my friends from high school, the majority of them don't live here anymore. Right? Uh, you know, a couple of them are still around, but yeah. we're all very busy people and Mhm you know, a lot of them have families now and it's yep. kind of difficult to make that connection yeah. anymore. Yeah.
1: And that's sort of the thing is, you know, you get out of high school and I hear that, well, there's not a lot of opportunities for jobs as if we wanted to stay in the valley. So yeah. you have to go somewhere else. Yeah. That was my so, mentality too. It was, yeah.
0: I don't, I didn't see an opportunity for myself here. Yeah. Um, it was where else, you know, I got to go somewhere else. Right. You know, I'm not going to sit here and Work a Right. You know, work at the gas station or work at a restaurant. It, well right. I ended up working at restaurants for, for a career for fifteen <laughs> years, but that's uh,
1: <laughs> That was a choice you made. That was a choice that
0: I made. And <laughs> I'm still not sure if it was oh, the best one, but you know well, well, hey, it led to a lot of good yeah, experiences. What am I I'm not well, gonna complain about it, but
1: so so back to children's museums though. Right. Yes. The reason that I feel so Passionate about bringing this to the valley. Well, there's several reasons. One of the big reasons seems sort of strange because you'd think, oh, you're building this museum for the little ones, right? To mm-hmm. give them more to do, and that is not wrong. We definitely want to have more hands-on activities for the kids to do. Sure, but really, in a bigger scope, it's it's really we're building this for the caregivers, for the parents, for the grandparents, for the adults in the community to be better equipped to help those little ones to become the the next leaders hopefully in the Bitterroot hopefully the next you know city mayors and yeah, doctors absolutely. that want to stay in this area or you know the plumbers it takes everybody everybody plays this important role in a community like this and we i think that especially like today with uh the way teachers and parents are so overly burdened, <laughs> mm-hmm. just trying to just make ends meet and things like that. The rest of us really do need to pitch in a little bit more and ensure that the, the next generation is getting what they need.
0: Well, you know, it takes a village, right?
1: Exactly. Exactly. So... Yeah, I see.
0: Yeah. No, I think that's a, a great point about it. And I also see it as a good route for other parents to connect with other parents because yeah, a, it seems... There's a also kind of a limited opportunity for, mm-hmm. you know, there's your school, sure. Yep. Your, that's your community yeah. and your church mm-hmm. and maybe your little neighborhood. But right. there's still a bunch of people throughout the valley that you might not have the chance to run into. Right. Uh, on any other given day. Yeah. But if you have a place where, you know, your kids are going and you can run into each other there, it's another yeah. route for connection and another route to kind of bring...
1: And you don't know how important that is, especially, you know, as a young mom. I can you'll never relate to this because you don't have kids and you're not a mom. And I'm not a mom. <laughs> but you know, there would be a whole week would go by and the only other adult that I would talk to really would be my husband. Yeah. You know, you just <laughs> sort of you're in this little bubble of childcare, mm-hmm. right? And sometimes you just kinda need a little bit of um uh, cheerleading maybe just a little bit of you're doing a great job. And even if you don't know that you've got everything just perfect or everything isn't quite figured out, you're still doing an amazing job. Mm -hmm. So some of that is really, it goes a long way. And then the other part of that is as a young parent, a lot of times you just don't really know where to turn to for the correct Information, Right. Also, and yeah. the world is just so noisy with people trying to tell you this is the right way or you should do it my way. It gets very confusing. So, oh, I bet. you know, it's it's nice to have somewhere that, you know, that you can turn to to get accurate advice that is, you know, going to help not just be more noise. So and I'm not trying to say that the Children's Museum is going to be experts. <laughs> like, that's not our that's not our mission. Our mission is not to have all of the answers. It's the place where we hope to be able to steer you in the right direction to find those answers. Yeah, foster so, community of... Exactly. Yeah. So, and, you know, this Valley is very lucky to have a whole lot of nonprofits that are doing amazing work where families that's, and children yes. are concerned. So you know if if there is an opportunity which i know that there will be when there is an opportunity to partner with these other groups that's where i think that this is going to just shine is you know we're we're going to actively partner with groups and get that information in front of parents and caregivers mm-hmm. that they might not either feel comfortable getting that information or they might not even realize that they need those resources but we're sure, we'll yeah. able to have that in a way that is you know, not a, not a scary kind of place. It's just very open. Think of it kind of like a library a like a living library. Right. Yeah. So, yeah.
0: Yeah. Like a colleague of mine says, we don't know what we don't know. Yes. Right. So exactly. if we have a, a, a location and a group of people that can help yeah, bring more info. Totally. And just,
1: that's it. It's like a no brainer. Give the people the help they need. <laughs> so, build it and
0: they will come right so i
1: sure hope so yeah
0: oh i think i think they will yep so let's where are we then in development we've got we just had a great week at the fair
1: it was a great week it was an exhausting week (laughs) as a young organization we are definitely building that volunteer support group
0: Mm -hmm.
1: that's It's a lot of work to put on the fair, and I just want to, you know, say thank you to Melissa Seville and all of her people over there that just really made the fair just come off without a hitch. It was just really, it was a wonderful thing to be part of and to see it from the other side. I've never, you know, been a vendor at the fair, but to actually, you know, go and not just be visiting the little booths and everything, but actually be there and trying to interact with 30,000 people, I think is what they estimate. Wow. You know they they do a amazing job so Yeah, it's a but it's a big production for yeah, sure. Yeah. Yeah. But we talked to some amazing families and saw so many so many kids had fun, I hope. Yes. <laughs> it seemed like everybody that stopped by the booth had a lot of fun.
0: I know the day that so, I was there, yeah. Yeah. It, it definitely seemed like yep. there was a lot of a lot of curiosity, a lot of yep. joy as well yeah. playing in the uh a walnut shell. Yes. Uh, <laughs> sandbox as it were. Yep. Yeah. And
1: there's there's a lot of people that came in and after they'd sort of looked up at the sign, I didn't know we had a children's museum. Where is this? And I'd have to kind of it's in my head, are you gonna help me build it? And they got really excited and the next thing out of their out of their mouth, besides, you know, where is this is I can't believe that this is gonna finally happen. Like we need this so much. How right. can I help? So Awesome. It was very encouraging. Good, good. Yeah.
0: I know you kicked butt. You were there every day. Every day. (laughs) Wow, yeah. Yeah,
1: I think my husband is pretty much ready to have some of the horizontal surfaces all over our house, not cluttered with (laughs) bee things, parade, fair. We're just on to the next event, though. So (laughs) it'll just more clutter, but different events. So yeah. Yeah, it's a constant shift. It's a moving project. right? (laughs) Yeah, but... I guess uh, to get everybody kind of caught up to where we're at, um, we have a, an agreement with the Bitterroot RC&D, who is an organization here in Rivali County. Don't ask me what RC&D stands for because I can never remember, but you can definitely go and look it up if you are interested. It's, there's a link on our website. That's true. <laughs> so you can go to bitterrootdiscovery.org and find out all about RC&D but they're acting as a fiscal sponsor for the museum, which basically means that when a a new nonprofit starts, they need to get their own tax ID number so that Mm -hmm. they can start being able to collect donations and do that in the appropriate manner. And it it can be quite a lengthy process. Uh, It can be confusing sometimes. And we just, as as a young nonprofit here in the Valley, With somebody who's not from the Valley, who doesn't have that name recognition, doesn't have those connections that a lot of other people do, I just felt that it was really important for us to start with an organization. Oh, our
0: studio's falling apart.
1: I didn't do it. (laughs) (laughs) So, but to start with an organization that had some of that uh, name recognition and some of those resources already in place. Right. So... With their um, EIN, their tax ID number, that allows us to immediately start fundraising and get that ball rolling. Okay. So, and they've been wonderful to work with. Um, this, like I said, I've I've been in the children's museum world in the nonprofit sector for, you know, pretty much my whole adult life. So this isn't something that I am new at, but I am still new to the area. Sure. So in other words i'm kind of using them to better promote the museum as absolutely yeah you know an organization to take note of so yeah excellent so it's worked really well so that's the first step the second step is to start getting the word out to everybody across the county you know that this is coming coming this is happening this is for everybody not just if you have kids little kids we we definitely want everybody to Have a a certain amount of buy in, right? Yeah. Even if you don't have kids, so
0: and yeah, not only for Ravalli County, but I mean, Western Montana in general. I think there's
1: we can dream, right? Yes. (laughs) Don't come on, dream big. Don't don't give me too much uh, to think about because I'll just start hyperventilating. So,
0: (laughs) (laughs) all right, we'll start. We'll start with Ravalli County. Right, right. We'll crush that market, and there
1: you go. So, well, I mean, that it, that does bring up a good point, though, because up in Missoula, that would be the closest other sort of discovery museum type place. Mm-hmm. They've got the Spectrum Discovery yep. Area that's in the fabulous, beautiful new public library up there. Um, and if you haven't gone, you really need to just to check it out and to see the beautiful building and the architecture. It's won awards. It's, it's really cool. And... Really, that was sort of what I had anticipated using as sort of a model, bringing a children's museum down to Rivali County. Um, You know, speaking with our public library here in Hamilton, um, they had similar goals, you know, trying to. Create a an environment where it was more of a community space. You come here for your public library needs, but you also have need you know needs met if you are a young child and you need more interactive, hands on kind of things. Um, resources for the caregivers and parents. Um, unfortunately, they don't have the space for all of that to happen. So. But that's sort of the model that the Discovery Museum up in Missoula okay. has kind of yeah. done. Partnering with the library has been an amazing thing for yes. them. So, um, but they're one of our big supporters also. Excellent. So so that's good. And I can't remember where we were going with that, but...
0: <laughs> taking over the world with oh, uh, yes, taking over the education world. and... Right,
1: right, right. So besides the spectrum, there really isn't another children's museum in Western Montana. Yeah. So... So this is definitely something that not only our area could use, but further than the valley? Oh, that's, that's a lot. I'm not going to think about that quite yet. <laughs> I was kind of thinking about the valley. <laughs> well, you know, so, keep it goal, cool, keep it yeah, small, and, yeah. and we'll grow it. Yeah.
0: And so we've got, we've got the website up and running.
1: Got the website up and running. Got it some, is
0: Bitterdiscovery.org. Yep. And got got some you can community
1: partners.
0: Find out all the information about it. You can donate there if you, uh, if you feel like. Yep. We have a big donate button on the front page.
1: We have donate buttons. We've got you know, buttons to start volunteering with us, get information on joining newsletters, um, just general information about sort of what our mission is mm-hmm. and why we feel that this is the right time to pursue this. Basically, anything that you could think of, I, I hope that I've covered. We definitely, through through the model of being a nonprofit, we want to be accessible to everybody regardless of ability to pay. Sure. So um, there's information about how we intend to bring that about, okay. how we want to work with the school system, with the homeschoolers. Really, if if, if the answer isn't there, then Get in touch with me personally, and I will see if I can help you with an answer. Perfect. <laughs> so,
0: and we've got a big event coming up next Tuesday, Thursday. Thursday, sorry, excuse yeah. me, next Thursday, On the fourteenth.
1: 14th. 14th, yep, um, we are doing. We're calling it. Here's the scoop. Come and get oh, the scoop, guys. Clever. So, and we're just using this as a meet and greet, so that everybody who is interested can come and get to know our board members a little bit, learn more about our vision and the next steps in bringing this to our families in the county. Mm -hmm. Um, We'll have some root beer floats. We'll have some fun games. We've got, um, let's see, a juggler. We've got some musical guests. We'll have sort of a mini um, pop-up museum exhibit. Excellent. So, yeah, it should be... A lot of fun. A
0: little preview, a little yeah. A little bit of snacks, some music, some fun.
1: All of that. All yeah. at...
0: It th- is starting...
1: Five to eight. Five to eight on it's September 14th at... at the Rivali Fun Center. Okay. I didn't know, but they have this lovely um, fenced-in lawn area right to the north of their building. Beautiful. So we'll do it out there. I've already checked the forecast and... It says it's going to be a beautiful 70-degree sunny day. So it better be. It will be. <laughs> so, yeah, so it'll be a lot of fun. Um, the Fun Center uh, is generously going to be donating a portion of their drinks and their food sales from that weekend Excellent. back to the museum. So we appreciate them for doing that. And like I said, there's, there's a lot of other helpers that are donating not only their time but their expertise and you know some fun prizes and it, it should be a really fun event so
0: perfect yeah so if anybody out there is curious and wants to come meet the crew yeah. involved with the Ryan bitter discovery be i'll be there. be there anita's gonna be there <laughs> many of our other board members yep. will be there yep. at the revali fund center yep. september 14th at five to eight yes it's just perfect. an open
1: house so come as you feel the need
0: (laughs) and you need to come yes so feel that need to come feel that need well excellent Anita thank you so much and yeah we'll talk again soon after after the deal goes down